Thanks for listening to the Inner Life Podcast. Be sure to join us every weekday at 11 a.m. Central on Relevant Radio or on the Relevant Radio app. Find your local Relevant Radio station at RelevantRadio.com or stream us live every day on the Relevant Radio app. It's time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is the Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to the Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Welcome to the Inner Life here on Relevant Radio. Say, if this is your first time tuning into the program, welcome. Welcome to you. You're joining a group of us who are looking to grow in our faith, to draw closer to Jesus and live out our lives as followers of the Lord, all with the help of some spiritual directors that come to us, priests from across the country who are with us for the hour to talk about a, a whole number of different topics. My name is Patrick Conley. I've been privileged to be in for Josh Raymond, the regular host of the show all this week. And today we're going to be talking about envy and generosity, envy and generosity. And our spiritual director who's going to guide us through this conversation is Father Carter Griffin. Father Griffin is a priest in the Archdiocese of Washington, D.C. He was raised Presbyterian, actually, just like I was, and became a convert to the faith when attending Princeton University. After graduating, he served for four years as a line officer in the United States Navy prior to entering the seminary and ordained to the priesthood in 2004. Father Father Griffin, welcome. Good morning to you. Good morning, Patrick. Thank you. I suppose it's just into the afternoon for you over there in Washington, D.C., huh? That's right. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Well, um, and to all of our listeners who are listening on the East Coast, as well as uh, I suppose it could be morning, evening, afternoon, or night if they're listening on the app around the world. Well, it's great to be with you, Father Griffin. So grateful that you could join us for this hour. And we're talking about this, this topic of envy and generosity. Why don't we start by defining our terms a little bit? What is envy? What is it, and what is it not? Well, envy is, um, I mean, there's a lot that goes into that, but basically, when you really get down to its root, it's, it's a sadness um, at someone else's possessions or good fortune or achievements or virtues or whatever. It's, it's sadness at, at something that someone else has, uh, a physical something or, or something else. And that sadness... Um, is sort of the, the special note of envy, right? That the, the desire, not just that, that, that to have what they have, but in a sense, desire that they not have it. <laughs> you know, that, mm. that there's a, a kind of a comparison being made. So yeah, I, mean, I think that the formal definition is that it's a form of sadness and a refusal of charity. Um, and it's especially when we are, we're, res- we're, we're resentful towards someone else for what they have. Right. And that refusal of charity might just be the answer to my next question, which was, I mean, it is considered one of the deadly sins, one of the deadly sins, as we hear. And is it related to that refusal of charity, Father? It's related to the refusal of charity, but but more importantly, I think, uh, or not more importantly, but, but one of the reasons why something is called a capital sin, a deadly sin, is that it causes other sins. Right, and so from envy come all kinds of other uh, problems. You know, hatred itself, and um, you know, uh, 
like I said, sort of displeasure at I mean, pleasure in someone else being knocked down. You know, kind of when you're envious of somebody and you seem to get not, knocked down a peg or two, or that thing that you wanted to have that they have, they lost it, or it was you know, then you sort of feel some pleasure in that um, calumny and different things like that. So it's a capital sin because of the seriousness of it, uh, because it's you know a detraction from charity, but also because it leads to other sins. And I would say another reason why envy is such a serious thing in our tradition, a serious vice to work against is because, you know, as St. Augustine called it, the, the, the diabolical sin. It's really the sin of Satan. Uh, it's the sin of not wanting, uh, not, us, not, not wanting us to have what we have, um, leading to the temptation and the original sin. So there's a lot uh, kind of in that, but, but those are some of the reasons for it being called a capital sin or a, great, or a uh, deadly sin. Right, and a fascinating comparison by St. Augustine there, or a revelation by St. Augustine there, that yes, indeed, that the that is the devil's sin, and he wants us to partake in it as well, leading us away from our relationship with the Lord. So, yeah. Father, uh, well, the producer, our, our producer Jim Shaver, and I were talking a little bit before the show began about envy, and we went quickly to the place of envying others for their possessions, and saying that uh, although you know the older we get, it's it's not really as much of a thing anymore for us that we don't necessarily. It might be for some, but. Um, it, what it once was in our youth, it kind of has faded away uh, as we reach midlife. But that is not necessarily the case, um, that we always have to envy another's possessions. What are some of the other things that we could envy about someone else? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think a lot of com- times comparisons that are made with other people, not just for their physical possessions, as you say, but about them, about their, you know, their when they get when they get a promotion and and we don't you know when when they have certain gifts or talents and and we don't we wish we did um there can be sort of simple i guess you'd call it jealousy you know that's sort of a a desire to have what they have but when there's a sadness associated with the other person having it um you know when our heart is stirred up against them because they have it that would be a, a sign of envy so i suspect we've all felt this at different times uh maybe at least experienced the temptation whether we've given into it or not um, but yeah, it could be achievements and virtues entirely. It could be um, their families. You know, they have uh, uh, fam- you know circumstances in their families are better than ours. And education, their background, we can envy that. So there are all kinds of things in other people that we can that we can envy actually. Right, absolutely. And I and I caught myself thinking about that too as the show was beginning. And that just because I might not uh, look at others' possessions. Certainly wasn't the case that I wasn't uh, in danger of being envious at all because there are so many other things we can we can be envious of. Well, let's invite our listeners yeah. into the conversation now, Father. Have you been envious of someone else's success when you were younger? Maybe you're envious of a grade someone received. Maybe now you're envious of someone's financial or professional success. If you've been envious, how have you responded? If you've been tempted toward envy, what have you found that's been really helpful in avoiding uh, fulfilling or living out that temptation in in terms of committing the sin. So give us a call, and we'd love to hear your story, 888-914-9149. Let's help one another along this life of faith by calling 888-914-9149. Or you can send us an email as well, innerlife at relevantradio.com. All right, Father, so uh, as we're defining our terms here and as we're getting closer and closer to... Uh, um, well, to to really nailing down what envy is, um, you mentioned jealousy in the last thing that you mentioned. Uh, are envy and jealousy the same thing? Not really. You know, um, they're similar, and they can. And, and jealousy certainly can be a very bad thing, but it's it's um, it's a little different than envy. So jealousy 
is uh, um, sort of wanting something that someone else is, uh, someone else has, or wanting them, you know, in some way. You know, so there there can be a kind of a there can be a good quality to that. In fact, uh, the Lord, you know, God Himself says, "The Lord, your God, I'm a jealous God." You know, in Exodus, um, right. a husband and a wife, in a sense, should be jealous of each other's love, right? Because it's 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 wanting something for oneself. But clearly, there can be a disorder to that too. We could. Uh, it, envy really is that special note of resentment or bitterness towards someone else, um, mm-hmm. but jealousy is simply wanting it and wanting to have it, and, and that can be disordered as well. Okay. All right. That's helpful. Yeah. That's helpful to know. Yeah, because we do see that as uh, a divine attribute of God saying, I am a jealous God, and uh, yeah. certainly he, he would not have sin as, as one of his attributes. But yes, wanting something for yourself versus yeah, the sadness, the uncharitability that comes at not of wanting something right. that something else has. Yeah, sort of that okay. bitterness that kind of stirred up against our brother. And one other thing, by the way, about jealousy is that, like, even when it's sort of neutral or good, it can also be disordered, right? It was, so a, sure. a boyfriend and girlfriend, or your husband and wife, can be jealous of each other in a way that's intemperate and disordered, right? Where you, mm. you know, the, the 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 wife who talks to any man, you know, is a, is there's a jealousy in the husband's heart. It just for having talked to him without any, you know, and it can become controlling and all kinds of other things. So clearly this right. jealousy itself it can be good, but it also can be disordered. Yeah. Right. And we see that too in scripture. I'm, I'm thinking of, uh, well, first Corinthians three, St. Paul says, I fed you with milk, not in solid food for you're not ready for it. And even yet you're not ready for you're still of the flesh. And then here it is. While there is jealousy and strife among you, you are not of the flesh and behaving like ordinary men, or are you not of the yeah. flesh and behaving or- like ordinary men? So um, there's also this. This indicates something else: is that it, it causes division. I mean, there's a there's a lack of charity which causes division there too, and and I suppose that's true of je- of disordered jealousy and of envy as well. That it's driving one person against another. Yeah. Right. I mean, I think it's really so. It's not just the interior sort of experience of sadness right. at the good at, at the good of another, but also that leads then, as it as it does, you know, when you when you make these comparisons and you wish you would have this thing, and now and now suddenly I wish he doesn't have it or she doesn't have it. Um, that's naturally going to cause division, at least in your own heart, and probably often enough, you know, in relationships themselves, in families, and in communities. Um, so yeah, envy is something that I think is at the root of a great deal of um, division and uh, discontent, you know, in, in families especially, but and in, and in small groups, um, including of Christians, you know, I mean, this is, can happen in any, in a religious community, it can happen in a Catholic school, it can happen in a Catholic family, um, right. it's there, it's a real, it's, in some ways, envy, because it's diabolical sin, is very close to the, to kind of the origins of, to the seedbed of original sin, and so it's something that we all will have temptations against, we just have to struggle against them. Right. Right. Very good. Yeah. And we'll get into that. But you tell you what, Father, let's take a phone call first, because we have Kayla, who is called in from Montreal, Canada. Kayla, welcome to The Inner Life. Go Montreal Canadians, go. We want, yes, we're, going, we're heading off to this family cup. <laughs> oh, wonderful. Listen, um, one of the things that uh, came to light was prior to walking uh, a spiritual life, uh, I once I started to wake up and realized how selfish I was. I realized that I'd been stuck in this narc. Oh, we may have lost her. Well, hopefully we can gain her back. Uh, maybe there's some uh, some issues with our technology there. I uh, you're still there though, Father. 
I am. I am. Yeah. Okay. Very good. All right. Well, I think she so. was starting to say, having a narcissistic. Say that there's a lot of narcissism kind of in the air and in her in her experience of conversion. But hopefully, she can call back. Okay. All right. We'll we'll do our best at getting her back. And uh, in the meantime, let's go. Uh, let's go over to Rex, who's calling in from Chicago, Chicago, Illinois. Yes, Rex. Welcome to the Inner Life. Thank you. Um, I, I have found that. You know, one, if I admit it to myself that I'm jealous uh, or envious, and then two, I admit it to the person that I'm envious for, why, um, and and uh, and and tell them that I am happy for them. You know, and and it, to me, it just help, kind of helps me count my blessings of things that that uh, that have gone for myself. But I feel like a good part of of keeping keeping it from uh, you know the, the env- envy uh, or jealousy from carrying on is admitted to myself and admitting it to the person and and then telling that I am happy for them. Yeah, I I think that's good, Rex. I think that's right. And, you know, somehow kind of confronting it in ourselves and seeing that it's there and, uh, and if it's appropriate, I mean, I can imagine sometimes, you know, that it would be less than helpful to talk to the other person about it. But I think many times it could be. Um, and just say, like, you know, I, I've been harboring this this envy in my heart towards this gift that you have or whatever, and, and I'm really trying to sort of rejoice in that gift now. Um, I, I think as well, you know, one of the ways, and I know we're going to be talking a little bit more about generosity and other ways to counteract envy, but um, in addition to acknowledging it, as you're saying, Rex, I think one of the things as well is just turning it into an opportunity for gratitude for the other person. In other words, like resist it with sort of the contrary vice, uh, the contrary virtue. And so I, I wish this person didn't have this ability to to speak, you know, language, you know, foreign languages so well. And, you know, here I am struggling with this all the time. Well, let me turn it into like, I'm so grateful that this person who's a brother of mine, a friend of mine or whatever, uh, has this ability that I don't have, you know, because together we're even stronger now. So turning it into an opportunity for gratitude as well. So that's, a, I think that's a great piece of advice, Rex. Thank you. Yeah, wonderful piece of advice, Rex. Thank you for that, and we appreciate that. And we are going to get into, as the show goes on, we'd love to hear your stories, just like Rex did, of uh, how you combat the sin of disordered jealousy, the sin of envy in your life. Um, What have you found that helps you get back on track with the Lord and not uh, submit your relationships to this division that envy can cause? Give us a call. Join the conversation, 888-914-9149. Again, 888 914-9149. Nine one four nine one four nine. Hey, it looks like we got Kayla back. Let's go back to Kayla calling in from Montreal. Kayla, welcome back. <laughs> yeah, you hung up on me. I thought you were envious that my team <laughs> got into the the Stanley Cup playoffs and your team didn't. Oh, very so you good. hung up on me. <laughs> very good. Well played. <laughs> Listen, when I started to walk a, a, a spiritual path and, and re- realized all the gifts that I that I had um, after I started to clean up my act because it really was a a checkup from the neck up um, and having enough humility to see how I must look and how I act towards others. I realized I thought I was the most nice. I thought I was the nicest person in the world. And I realized that, you know, I had a lot of hair to hide my little horns. You know, it's like I wasn't nice at all. I did a lot of things expecting you know, other people I envied, uh, you know, and slandered people, like like a Jerry Springer show, you know. it's hmm. I really didn't have a lot of uh, wisdom in the words that I said, and really it was what I thought was coming out my mouth. And as I started to grow in God, I realized that I'd been focusing a lot, Satan had me focusing a lot on what I didn't have, as opposed to appreciating what I do want, and, you know, keep my 
I have to stay in my lane. You know, one of the things as I used to compete in swimming and you never looked over to your competitors. You always looked ahead because that's where you would lose time. So I realized that I was spending a lot of time focusing on what the other people had, what I didn't have, and that Satan had me believe that I was going first class. Well, when I started to uh, grow in God, I realized I was going third or fourth class at best. I'd wasted my time like an addiction you know, in, in being like a victim, recognizing what I didn't have. And then when God helped me to focus on what my gifts were and started to polish my gifts were, my lives were better than the people I was envying. You know? Like, mm. I realized it was just Satan with a flashlight that had me going down this emotional path, you know, that I thought was the light, but it was just Satan with a flashlight. And um, I, I wasn't staying in my lane. I was in everybody else's lane and neglecting, you know, my path. And so God had plans for me. It's just, I was like a, I'm Jewish by nature. I was like a Jew in the desert. I just stalled my life for 40 years. <laughs> yeah, Kayla, I think that's right. You know, I, so that's a nice image of uh, of sort of staying in your lane swimming, which stay in your lane, I think, can, the, the connotation for some people might seem like, you know, kind of don't, uh, don't try to grow, don't try to get beyond, you know, where, where God puts you or something like that. And that's, that's not the point. The point is that by constantly casting your eyes to other people and seeing where they are and seeing what they have and you don't have, you actually slow down. You actually don't maximize your own gifts. And those gifts may look very different. They may seem more humble or less, you know, flashy than, than the person next to you. But the point is, if you're going to get to the end of that lane, you have to keep going and you have to use the gifts that God has given you and, and, and maximize those. So I think that too is another uh, is another way of, of counteracting envy. Is is um, as Rex said earlier, you know, kind of speaking to somebody about it can often be helpful, acknowledging it ourselves. Um, but also this this way of, of sort of saying, well, what gifts do you know, and being grateful for the gifts of others. But what what are the gifts that I have, and what are the talents, what are the virtues, um, the background? Um, they're they're going to be aspects of your life that are radically and utterly unique and that God wishes to uh, turn into instruments for good uh, in the world and for peace and for joy and for truth. And so figuring out what those are, and regardless of how humble they might seem in the eyes of the world, there is something that only you uh, can do. So I think that that's, a, that's another great uh, <clears throat> way, to, way to combat envy. Uh, Kayla, thank you. Mm, yes, thank you, Kayla. Thanks for that tip and, and uh, great encouragement today on this Friday as we're continuing to uh, well, hopefully walk closer to the Lord. And this today we're talking about how to do so by getting rid of or combating the sin of envy. We're going to have a lot more about that after we take a short break here coming up as we're talking about envy. And we'll move into generosity as a way to combat envy here in just a moment with our spiritual director, Father Carter Griffin. If you'd like to join the conversation, tell us about how you combat the sin of envy. Give us a call, 888 Here on The Inner Life, we'll be right back right after this. Catholic Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio Studio Line. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, visit RelevantRadio.com slash Forrester. If you're looking for a little help on your journey of faith, our priests are here for you. Call now. 1-888-914-9149. That's 1-888-914-9149. Or email us, innerlife@relevantradio.com. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. 
Welcome back to The Inner Life. My name is Patrick Conley, in for Josh Raymond, and today we're talking about envy and generosity with our spiritual director, Father Carter Griffin, from the Archdiocese of Washington, D.C. Well, Father, we, are, we want to move into that generosity piece, and it seems like when it comes to envy and generosity, one example that we might find in the Scriptures might be the parable of the prodigal son in Luke 15. What does the Lord teach about envy and generosity in the story of the prodigal son? Well, it's, of course, the famous elder son, right? So the, the prodigal son finally comes home. The father is rejoicing. He has you know, slaughters, the slaughters, the calf and everything, and the, and, the, and the elder son won't come in. And, you know, when the father comes out so beautifully to beg him to come in to celebrate his younger brother's return, um, he says, you know, I've never disobeyed your command and all. I didn't get any of these things. And now this guy comes home who's been, you know, consuming your your property, and for him, you have this great celebration. Okay, and so we can see where the envy is. There's a sadness at the good. I mean, it's clearly good that the son is back. The son is not dead. The son has returned home. Uh, all these things are good, and yet the older son feels uh, sadness. Now, the reason I think that there's something especially interesting in that is because the source of his envy isn't just that, uh, I mean, that, that, that there's a celebration for the son. The source of his envy is the fact that he believes himself justified in being sad because he didn't get the kind of reward he expected for his own obedience to the Father. Mm -hmm. And I think that this is something that we can kind of learn from and and look inside ourselves and to see, you know, if we are trying to follow the Lord and we're trying to be obedient, um, what's the motive for that? You know, is it it kind of, is is it just to, to kind of get a good report card? You know, is it is it, are we doing the right thing for the right reason? You know, Thomas More used to say that the, the, the greatest treachery is to do the right thing for the wrong reason. Um, and, and we can do that as, as Christians. We can sort of obey the commandments and everything like that, but we kind of expect a return. And when someone else seems to kind of advance and we don't, we can, we can be like that elder son. So I think the, the one thing we can draw from that is just looking at the sources of envy. And one of them might be the way that we perceive our own acts of charity, our own obedience, our own kind of growth and holiness. It is, it in mm. fact, properly motivated. Yeah. Mm. yeah, a great thing to, to, to look at and to uh, consider, consider carefully, yeah, and, and how that can unseat us. Yeah, there's some real wisdom there, Father, too. And, and yet in the Father, uh, the loving Father who has received his lost son back, and then, as you said, he goes out. Sometimes we miss that. He runs out to meet the return who, the returning son who has spent all his money and, and spent so many years in sin. Uh, and then, but we don't see him or we don't recognize that, you know, he even goes out, out of the party to the elder son too, to, to engage with him and to draw him into it as well. And there's which, a real even, spirit. Which, uh, yeah, go ahead. It's so beautiful. And, and there's, which is even more, in a sense, humbling for the father to do that. I mean, the older son yeah. is out there grousing. And, you know, which of us wouldn't be like, well, I don't let him. I mean, you know, if he wants yeah, to right. you know, destroy, you know, like, it's just, well, that's not my problem, you know. But right. no, the father goes out and begs him to come in. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. The original party poopers out there. So, and, and yet, yeah, like you say, he's not just saying, ah, just let him, he'll get over it or something like that. Or we don't want anything to spoil the celebration. Oh, he, but he desires that unity. He desires that charity. He desires that fraternity between his sons there. What a, oh man, what a great picture. And there's this real spirit undergirding all of this that the father is doing a real spirit of generosity. Let's talk a little bit about generosity and how that can undo the sin of envy, Father. Give us, start us off down that path. 
Well, so generosity is, is what kind of a, a largeness of heart, right? Giving of ourselves, giving of our things. Um, and uh, when we sort of see ourselves, first of all, as a self-gift to others, as a gift to others, um, and that really this is the source of true happiness in life is learning how to um, how to do this, how to give of ourselves. The happiest people in the world are the people who are generous, not the people who are miserly, which is the opposite of generosity, right? Hoarding everything, keeping everything, uh, you know, giving out as much, as little as possible. Hmm. Um, and I think that that sense of generosity is, first of all, I think it's how we are, we're made. We're made to love. Uh, and, and though we have to kind of get over our selfishness and our narcissism and our resistance to giving of ourselves, when we do get over that, um, we actually... Sort of the, you know, the uh, the organism uh, runs better. You know, the organism is 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 more alive, um, and we be, we become more alive, and it, it sort of becomes this not a vicious cycle, but a virtuous cycle. You know, the more that we are generous, the more we are joyful, and the more we have to give. Um, mm-hmm. And our Lord speaks about that in a number of his parables too. So I think one thing is just that it's how we're made, um, and that's one way that generosity is an antidote to envy, and frankly, to all other vices, but in a special way, envy. I think there's also a specific way that generosity is an antidote to envy, and that is by detaching us from the things that we otherwise would kind of hoard or keep close to our chest or uh, kind of you know hold on to with jealousy. Yeah. Uh, and that can be, again, physical possessions. It can also be talents. Um, I once heard this uh, story about the famous Samuel Johnson, and he, Samuel Johnson, was, was traveling in, uh, in England, and he saw a castle, and he told his friend, Boswell, he looked at the castle, the, the opulence, and the wealth, and he said, "These are the things that make it difficult to die." You know, which is which is a lot. It's a very strong way of saying that. You know, that when we hold on to these possessions and, and we can be surrounded by them, and we live in a very prosperous age and a very prosperous place, uh, and when we can turn these things into things that we cling to, it actually makes it difficult to die. To difficult to die at the end of our life, but also to difficult difficult to die today. Right, the, the death to self, the carrying of the cross that each of us needs to do. So I think those two ways, generosity can be an antidote to envy. Yeah, wonderfully put. And uh, that second point that you made there, Father, it takes me back to Kayla's phone call when she was talking about, you know, really kind of staying in your lane of, of recognizing all the goodness that the Lord has given you, counting your blessings, as it were. It reminds me of a phrase that, uh, well, my growing up Presbyterian pastor used to use, and I know that my dad and I have repeated it to one another often, which was, you know, happiness lies in not getting what you want, but in wanting what you have. But even with that generosity piece, it seems like that it even goes beyond that, too, of of then being generous or sharing what you do have with others. Yeah, just uh, a great uh, kind of addition on that. All right, Father, let's go back to the phones. We've got Juan, who's been waiting patiently, uh, calling in from the Texas Panhandle. Juan, welcome to The Inner Life. Thank you for taking my call. Absolutely. I was just calling to to say, you know, I struggle with envy and jealousy. I was in business with a partner, uh, ended up, of course, when times hit hard, we ended up uh, breaking apart, uh, almost going through court with it uh, for a lot of equipment, a lot of, a lot of things. Uh, I was more, more mindset on money and uh, what, what I was gaining from it. But in all reality, when we broke up and left it alone, I I uh, I told him just take everything. I don't want I don't want I don't want nothing. I dumped everything my life my sa- my life savings, everything I worked for. Uh, but I left everything, and I thought it, it was worth living li- leaving the stress, leaving the things that I was attached to. 
And with with that, recognizing God was working slow with me, giving me more time at home with my family, growing stronger in faith, going to church, um, just just uh, feeling better about him gaining success and not and not having envy on on his success and me focusing more on my family and my life and just feeling better inside and no and i just knew that it was it was things that were pulling me away from my family and uh something very important and and being in god's life and the way he wants me to live um so i just wanted to share that with y'all that I, I I just I still struggle with jealousy and envy, uh, but but slowly but surely um, I'm getting better. <laughs> Thanks, Juan. You know, I mean, it's a it's a kind of a real life story of um, sort of the widow's might. You know, in the the story in the Gospels when Jesus is seeing all these people plunk these big treasures into the treasury there, and he sees this woman come along and she gives her two cents. And what he loves about this. Um, is that she was giving out of her substance, not out of her excess. You know, that when it, be, when it, when it pinches a little bit, when it's a little bit harder to give something up, uh, it's, it's, that's the thing that is so beautiful in the eyes of the Lord. You know, and that's the thing that gets, and it's beautiful in his eyes, not just because it shows your own generosity, as you uh, yourself have shown in that experience with your former business partner. Um, so it, sh- it shows that kind of that, that, that it, but it also shows that there is an openness in your heart that he can now fill. You know, and and he's going to always reward that kind of generosity, that sort of giving of self. Uh, he's going to reward it far more than than anything we've given up. And maybe some of the experiences you've experienced in your own faith with your family and uh, are the, maybe the first the first fruits of that. So I think trusting the Lord uh, in these times, which doesn't mean we don't take care of our family and we don't have to. Uh, sometimes those obviously difficult decisions have to be made in life, and it's not a question of sort of throwing everything to the winds and just saying we're going to trust God. But when when he presents us with these circumstances like this and you discern it and you pray about it, as I'm sure you did, and then you just let this thing go, even if it's a big thing like it was in your life, uh, there's going to be spiritual rewards far surpassing whatever we may have lost uh, or, or even think that we have lost. Uh, that's a great story, Juan. Thank you. Yeah, it really sounds like it's a shift of focus there, Juan. So it's a shift of focus from the, the things of earth to the things of heaven and really focusing in, as you said, on faith and family is a, is a great way of, of starting to combat the sin of envy. Thank you so much for calling in and sharing your story with us, for inspiring us uh, to continue on in combating the sin of envy. If you have a story of how you have combated envy and disordered jealousy in your own life, and a story of how you've been generous and how you've seen that uh, bear fruit in your own life, give us a call. Join the conversation. 888-914-9149 is our phone number here at The Inner Life. 888-914-9149. We've also got an email address. You can email us at innerlife at relevantradio.com. All right, let's go to Vince, who is now calling in. Vince is calling in from Fond du Lac, Wisconsin. Vince, welcome. My story is a little bit like the last caller. I think it's amazing. I think sometimes children and people that grow up and really don't know what's going on in the world are more envious than those that do grow up. Actually, I can remember being envious of the Brady Bunch when I watched it on TV, I thought, why did they get to have two new cars and a new mm. house and a housekeeper? Mm. And uh, I went into the family line of work with my dad, and I was envious of others that were in the same line of work. I just thought they had better equipment and better buildings. And uh, my dad took me aside and said, 
Vince, do you know what kind of loans these people have? And the thing with a loan is, he told me, you have to pay the loan back someday and the interest for years. And, uh, you know, you can you can go visit somebody and think, oh, what a fabulous house, or look at that new car. They're making monthly payments until doomsday, practically. Any comments? Any? Well, yeah, I mean, I think... Um it's it's true i mean you can sort of you see what somebody else has and and you might think gosh well that that comes at a cost uh and especially physical possessions as you say um maybe another way to kind of put a twist on this is when we see gifts and talents and achievements in others we might also ask ourselves like those actually come with a cost as well you know and to and to say like gosh you i wish that i had that ability to to do whatever i wish i had received that promotion i wish i had had that um that achievement you know and um but those things can often bring with them with them uh additional struggles and trials and crosses in life that we don't perceive we only perceive kind of the glitter of as you say the fancy car and we don't see necessarily what's behind that um, which is not necessarily like we would sort of get, then we go away and we gloat you know and say like well <laughs> I'm glad I don't have that talent now because you know they have all this it's not that but it's more just sort of saying that God gives us the grace and the capacity to expand and to, and, to, and to capitalize, in a sense, on our gifts and on what we've been given, including the physical possessions, but not the grace to, to have that other gift. Um, and so if we aspire so much towards something that was never intended for us, and then we finally get it, um, we might actually be miserable. Um, and so just there's a sense of sort of trusting, letting God do what he wants to do in our lives. And I think that's true for, for our personal talents. And I think it's also true for the possessions, as, as you're pointing out, Vince. So thanks for calling in. Yeah, that and it's a it's a good point that Vince brings up too. I, I appreciate that he shared that he was jealous of the Brady Bunch, but the media can have quite a quite an influence on this. In fact, they can even prey on our our desires to help foster things like disordered jealousy and envy, and showing us what the good life, quote unquote, could be. Isn't that right, Father? I think that's true, Patrick. And you know, I think some <clears throat> it's a big part of kind of the the psychology that goes behind advertising is not just saying you know you're already going to be buying you know whatever <laughs> uh, a car, and so this is the kind of, this is an option for you. But no, it's actually generating new needs, perceived needs in us. I mean, that's actually one of the ways that I mean, it's important for businesses to sell. I get that, but there's there's this way that it just sort of feeds this fuel uh, within us. So I think that's one way. And then the other way. Um, you mentioned media in general, but then also social media. It, this is practically its bread and butter. You know, it's it's everyone putting out there how they live the perfect life and how they get everything that they need and want and how they get every promotion and they have every talent and everything that you know and the physical possessions and you know that every every meal they have is perfect. And look at this picture, by the way. Number one, there's a tremendous amount of pressure on people to live a, a life of sort of an inauthentic life of, of perfection, which isn't real. But second of all, everyone else sees that who thinks it is real, you know, are then sort of, it's, it, 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 again, it adds gasoline to the fire of envy. So I think there's a number of different things coming at us that are making it even harder to live uh, the virtue of generosity and resist the vice of envy today. Right, right. And uh, I have to say that uh, we'll, we'll, we'll separate out the inner life from the rest of that sort of media and social media by saying that if you are living the perfect life, do not call in because in this show <laughs> we, we acknowledge that we are not living the perfect life, but we are striving to follow the Lord more closely to let his love, his grace, his mercy live out uh, to be alive and on fire in our lives. Through the help of our spiritual directors, our spiritual director today is Father Carter Griffin. We're talking about combating 
combating the sin of envy. If you'd like to call in and share your your story of how you have seen the fruits of combating that sin in your life, how you've seen generosity bear fruit in your life, please do so. Our number here on the Inner Life triple eight nine one four nine one four nine. Again, triple eight nine one four nine one four nine. Right after this short break, we're going to come back and talk more about this. And uh, our spiritual director, Father Griffin, is going to continue to help us in living a life of faith, more lived to the full. We'll be back right after this. If you missed part of the program, you can listen to this show and any of your favorites on the Relevant Radio app or online at RelevantRadio.com. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. And we are back here on the on the Inner Life and Relevant Radio. Thanks for joining us here as we're combating the sin of envy together with our spiritual director, Father Carter Griffin. My name is Patrick Conley. My thanks go out to our producer, Jim Shaper, and Patrick Alog, who's taking your phones to, uh, phone calls today. And Father, um, let's go back to those phones. Uh, we've had a few calls over the break here. So Jason is calling in from Wilmington, North Carolina. Jason, welcome to the Inner Life. Landscaper in Wilmington, North Carolina. <clears throat> and I've I've been away from the church um, since about eighth grade. Um, uh, it's just hard not to be envious of these people that are, are so, uh, you know, wealthy that we work with, that we work with, but really they, they, uh, I don't know, like on hold, I think I just like put it all into perspective and realize that, you know, their life, their lives aren't any easier and, and maybe they're more difficult uh, due to all that money. I don't know. Maybe, maybe people that with no money really have, have all the answers. Um, so, uh, you know, it's hard not to be envious of, of people with a lot of money. Yeah, I think that's true, Jason. I mean, obviously it's true. You know, people are have, have been envious of, of those kind of of money and possessions uh, from <laughs> the beginning of time. Um, and it's understandable because, you know, wealth, money allows you to do a lot of things that are are pleasant to do. And you can entertain yourself and you can have, you know, nice things around you. You can be comfortable. Um, you can buy things for people that you care about, you know, and um, you can take care of your family. And, you know, there's all kinds of reasons, some more noble than others, for having those feelings towards uh, towards those who are wealthier, and I suppose, like you said, you know, sometimes it's good to remember that people still have to live lives, and they could have just as many struggles or more struggles, in part because of their wealth, um, and that that can be difficult, as well as realizing that, you know, we have to uh, do what we can to t- try to improve our economic situation, take care of our family, and so forth, um, but also to be able to trust that the Lord knows what he's doing. And if he wanted us, you know, to, to, uh, to, to, to be very wealthy, he would have made us that way. Or he would have given us that. Or, you know, that, that, that maybe he wants us precisely in um, humbly using fewer possessions to actually do more good in the world with them. You know, one of the things that we're called to do as well, I think, is to see the world with the eyes of faith, you know, and, um, and not just with human eyes. And to recognize that the most important things that happen in the world are, are not the things that make the, the front page of the news. Uh, it's not the things that are done with, you know, geopolitics or, you know, the, the multimillionaires. Um, the most important things that happen are, are, are the quiet things in the life of the spirit. Right? It's, it's in love. Um, and, and, and that 
capacity to love others has nothing to do with how much money you have. In fact, in some ways, the money might almost get in the way sometimes. Um, and so the most important things <clears throat> in the world are completely and radically different, uh, separated you know, from, from how much money we happen to have. Uh, and trying to see that and seeing our life as something much bigger and much more important than having, you know, having several cars or having a comfortable home uh, is important to kind of keeping envy at bay as well, I think. But it's a very, I mean, it's very real. What you, what you mentioned is just, I mean, there you are, you, um, you know, helping out these, these wealthy families. Like, well, this is happening in my heart. Like, that's real. And that's good to kind of acknowledge that uh, and then to hopefully find a healthy way to, to respond to it as well. Yes, thank you so much for that that uh, call that honesty, Jason, that there are there are some some things sometimes that it is it's so hard not to be envious about something else. I guess a a scripture that uh, pops into my head uh just uh, as I'm listening to Jason speak was uh, two, 2 Corinthians uh, 8 and 9 which says for you know the gracious act of our Lord Jesus Christ that for your sake became poor although he was rich so that his, by his poverty you might become rich. So just knowing, too, that our Lord does seek to give us maybe not physical riches, but he gives us riches that are even more valuable in the in sharing of his divine life and his grace. So thanks for the call, Jason. Very grateful that you and, called into the interview. And, yeah, please go ahead. And real quick, J- Jason said that uh, he's been away from the church since the eighth grade. I don't know if that means he's still away from the church, but... Um, Jason, feel free to call. Uh, you know, call back, and, and they can give you my my information, so we can talk afterwards. Ah, oh, very good. Yeah, thank you, Father. Appreciate that. Wonderful. Let's go from Jason to Timothy, who's calling in from Riverside, California. Timothy, welcome to the Inner Life. Thank you. Um, I wanted to comment that one thing I've done in the past with envy is just to bring it up in confession on a somewhat regular basis especially when I I notice it more intensely during between confessions. It's, it's a great reminder. Thanks, Timothy. I can't believe that uh, that somehow has slipped through the conversation so far. Absolutely. This is something, this is classic, maybe textbook, you know, something to bring to, to confession and, uh, and to try to get underneath it, like we tried to with the other sins we confess. You know, like, I've been envious of this person, and that not just sort of say, I've been envious, you know, over the past two weeks or month or whatever, but to say, like, you know, this, um, this person at work or, you know, my wife or whatever it might be, and to say maybe even why, because sometimes just bringing those extra details out, to the, out to, the, to, the, to the healing graces of the sacrament can also be very, um, very helpful in our, in our fight against envy. So, yeah, thanks for the reminder, Timothy. Yeah, yeah, a great one that we yeah somehow had missed talking about. So, but uh, Timothy, so so true, so true that uh, envy is one of those sins that you know, Father. I, I, of course, I'm not asking you to uh, to break the seal or anything like this, but I'm I'm kind of guessing that that's not one that you hear very often in the sacrament of confession. That I've been envious or jealous. I suppose from time to time, but uh, that isn't one that is uh, even as I'm going through an examination of conscience that tends to pop up for me. But uh, mm-hmm. good reminder from Timothy, nonetheless. Right, and and I think sometimes it's um, you know there isn't as much definition to it in our minds, and it, you know so, so people will say I, whatever I was jealous of somebody or this and the other thing, and sometimes it's more kind of this, they, they they experience the they experience the feeling, you know, they experience the temptation to something, and and not that I'm going to correct them in the middle of the confessional, but I think there is a difference between gosh I'm tempted to feel envy and actually giving into it and indulging it and feeding my heart with it, you know, and and I think we don't have to get too complicated about it either. We just go to confession and say, look, I don't know how, I don't know how 
much I really, this was willful, um, but I think it might have been partly. And so if I have been envious or had these thoughts of envy or giving into thoughts of envy against somebody, um, right. just to be very simple about it and just bring it to confession and it's, and it's taking, and, and the Lord forgives it. Yeah. Yeah. And that, uh, that makes a, a lot of sense to, to bring it to confession and to receive, as you said uh, so well, Father, that uh, we're going to receive the graces of God in that and help us to combat that sin, uh, confession, visit to yeah. the confessional after visit to confessional. Father, I, I wanted to talk to you a little bit more about um, really cultivating the spirit of generosity, since we talked about generosity and, and the importance that, that is in it. Specifically, you mentioned the two ways that generosity really does help us to combat envy in our lives. How do we become more generous people? Well, yeah, I mean, I think like any habit, um, it needs it needs repetition, right? We have to we have to get used to it, and and it like most habits, it starts out and it's really kind of hard, you know, and it's hard to those take those first steps of of, of being more generous with our own financial, you know, uh, means uh, to be more generous with our time, which to many is even harder than giving away their their possessions or their money, is uh, you know carving out time to just be with people, carving out time to volunteer, carving out time to spend more time with our children, with our our family members, whoever it might be, right? So that, that, that sort of that generosity of our, of our, and of our talents, and you know, the time, talent, treasure thing. So I think first thing is knowing that it's a little bit hard at first and starting to get over ourselves. We live in a time where narcissism is practically, um, you know, it's in the air that we breathe. And so it's just, uh, I mean, not literally narcissism, but I mean, just that selfishness, we can be so self-focused. And, and again, part of it is just the prosperity of the age in which we live. And so knowing that we're going to have to overcome that, and it's going to be a little hard at first, but then it gets easier and easier. We build up this habit of just being the person that is, um, is ready to give, you know, and, and, and not in an unhealthy way where we, you know, whatever, but, but, but just we're, we're, we're conscious that we have something to give of our time and ourselves and our things uh, to other people. So that's, that's one thing is just building the habit. I would say the other thing is on a more supernatural plane is in our interior life, in our daily prayer, really inviting the Holy Spirit to drill a little bit deeper uh, in this in this area of, of perceiving deep down, sometimes there are um, kind of pools of envy, you know, dark pools of envy deep in our hearts that we don't even know are there. Maybe we don't want to know are there. And so when we push a little bit more, we can see some of these areas where we need to, sh- you know, bring the light of grace into it, into the healing uh, hand of our Lord. Um, from giving giving the Holy Spirit permission to go deeper in terms of exposing envy, but also of eliciting generosity. And sometimes it's going to be at unusual times. You know, we might find uh, that we just are moved by the Holy Spirit to to do something that we didn't expect to do ten seconds before, as we you know, as we pass somebody on the street or we are with somebody that might need a might need an extra helping hand in one way or another, f- financially or with your time or with whatever. Um, and so, like being willing to be docile to the movements of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and if something is uncertain, we're not sure, we can always kind of discern it a little bit and consult with somebody. Um, but to, to sort of give it over, you know, like that, that sense of trusting, really trusting God, you know, the opposite, in a sense, the, the strongest way to resist original sin, which is kind of a lack of trust in God, Adam and Eve, and we've all participated in that, not trusting him with our happiness, with our future, with ourselves, is to, is to deliberately trust him and to sort of to not try to control our happiness entirely and say, God, right. I trust you to take care of me. And that's, I think, the way to grow uh, in generosity. Yeah, trust is at the at the root of things, isn't it? That's a that's a wonderful yeah. wonderful reminder, Father. Thank you for that. Tell you what, we've got one more phone call here. We can sp- try to squeeze in. Julie is calling in from Los Angeles, California. Julie, we don't have a lot of time, but uh, welcome to the inner life. 
Yes, hi. Um, I wanted to share that I work in the entertainment industry, and there's a lot of pressure and a lot of, you know, negative things that the secular world wants people to believe in. And working with students, my uh, interns, I tell them every semester, if you're doing this and you want to be in this industry because you want to be rich and you want to be famous, and then I let the bomb drop and I tell them, you know, you're doing it for the wrong reasons because you can be rich and famous a lot of different ways. The actor Jim Carrey once said, I wish everyone could be rich and famous so that they can see that that's not going to bring you the happiness you deserve. And I think, you know, I'm so grateful to God that I have come, uh, I've worked through that because I used to experience a lot of envy when I was hear about fellow writers, you know, their show got picked up or, you know, actor friends that got into a show. And I'm just so grateful to God that he has come into my life and I'm doing this for what I believe he wants me to do. So to everyone out there that is struggling with envy, just really hold on to that prayer life that we just talked about in the show, because that's what matters. That's what's going to be building the foundation for your mansion in heaven. So thank you so much for talking about this today and God bless everyone. Amen, Julie. That's a great that's a great reminder to us. And you know what came through so clearly in your words is that what you experienced before and what so many experience in the industry that you work in is a kind of slavery, you know, in this desire for for riches and for for fame. Um, there's a there, you're, they're being you know held down to earth, and in fact, what you've experienced is freedom, uh, and freedom precisely through your relationship with the Lord. And so, I think that's a great way to kind of end end and, and sort of to see really resisting envy is, is, is synonymous with really growing in freedom. Mm. Yes, th- Julie, thank you for the call. Thank you for reminding us all of that necessity of of doing things because this is what God has called us to and not yeah. for ulterior motives. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, father only uh, about a minute remaining, but I do, I did want to uh, just thank you for your generosity with your time. And that's a, that's another thing too, is that I, I might just add here at the end is that when it comes to, um, it comes to generosity, that's where I think the Lord oftentimes asks me to be generous. He asked me to be generous again with the physical possessions, but also we need to, we need to be generous with our, our time and with the gifts that he has given us too. Isn't that right? Yes. And, and I think that that's uh, an area where, you know, people think, well, I don't need to be generous because I don't have any possessions or, you know, I'm kind of, I'm scraping by as it is. I'll give a, you know, a few dollars in a collection plate or something like that. And, right. and maybe that is all you can do. But I'd say two things to that. First of all, if we stretch a little bit, even financially, we may find that we are rewarded even financially uh, many fold over as, as many, many people have said over the years. Um, but more importantly, everybody has something to give. You know, they have they have their, they have something to be to be generous with their their own time. Um, you know, their prayers to be generous with praying. You know, if somebody is homebound and feels that they don't have anything to give the rest of the world. They have the most important thing to give, which is their own their own lives uh, and their own intercessions, their own prayer, their love for the Lord and for their brothers and sisters. So I think there's a lot we can we can each of us give in generosity. All right. Wonderful. Well, we've got just enough time, Father, for a quick blessing from you, if you would, please. Certainly. And may the blessing of Almighty God descend upon you, Patrick, and all of our listeners out there in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Father Carter Griffin from the Archdiocese of Washington, D.C., who has been our spiritual director today as we have been talking about envy and generosity. Go back and give it a listen if you missed part of the program. My thanks to 
Kayla, Rex, Juan, Vince, Jason, Timothy, and Julie for their phone calls today. If we didn't get to you, we'll try to get to you on Monday when Josh Raymond is back. My thanks to him for this privilege of hosting the show for this last week. Thank you for tuning in and listening to The Inner Life. Father Rocky is up next. Stay tuned. Stay tuned.